Welcome to uh, another weekly from the Rookery End. You join us in a car, Jason's car. Jason, where are we at the moment? We have just joined the M1 at Hemel, heading out of Hertfordshire towards... (laughs) (laughs) And our final destination? Peterborough. Excellent. We're off to see Watford against Peterborough. It's Saturday morning. Um, It's been a week since our last podcast. Mike, you weren't here last week. You were... Uh, having a jolly good time in, in Amsterdam. It's terrific. Yeah, so uh, so Ajax, our uh, potential uh, uh, potential uh, opponents in the Champions League in two years' time. <laughs> Nothing to fear there. Ericsson, very good. Uh, but I think we'll enjoy our trip there. Yeah, it's very good. I've just about recovered, ready to rock now. Uh, and uh, joining us again, uh, our fourth member this week uh, is David Levy. Dave, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I didn't go to Amsterdam. I went to Watford. I don't know which was uh, worse for the body or the mind or the soul. But uh, no, I'm uh, I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, Standing on a terrace yeah. and uh, hopefully watching Watford win. Uh, Mike, now you uh, you got to watch the game last week. Um, did you were you, you were you sober at that point? No. <laughs> okay, but from what you remember, uh, you know here we are, five games left to go. I think we start at the, at the, the most pessimistic of, of the group. How, how are you feeling about the last five games? I was just saying, weren't we? We were just having a discussion off air, and I was saying I find it hard to work out if we're going to go up or not. I don't personally don't think we will for some reason, but I think taking the last couple of games in isolation I think the Cardiff game and the Hull game should give us real confidence we've gone you know, home to Cardiff away to Hull not conceded a goal got four points out of the top two and two pretty decent performances as well I think the Cardiff game was very very tough um, Cardiff set up to not lose it was obviously more important for them just to get a point than, and to, than to keep their momentum going and that showed um, but after a tricky game to that start I thought Watford really dug in which is where we've sort of come unstuck, I think, in other games in the season. We haven't been necessarily prepared or able to roll our sleeves up and really sort of sling it out in the, you know, in the, when it's in the trenches sort of thing. And Watford worked really hard in that game to try and establish a foothold. And in the end, I think they can be very, very proud of, of getting a point. And hopefully um, that will stand them in good stead and that will give them some confidence. Because, again, we were saying just before we, before we started recording, these are good players and they, we've got a, much, a better squad than so many people in the Championship and we really, and it's the first time I've probably ever said this, we should be beating sides but I think because they're new, because Gianfranco hasn't necessarily got experience of a promotion um, or the playoffs, you know, all the, and it's stressful and it's, it, there's nerves creeping into it so it's whether they can just come together at the right time uh, and get us over the line. I hope, really hope, I hope they can. Today will be a, a big test of that I think. Peterborough uh, unbeaten in eight so it's an away game which we've done well in historically throughout the season so it's at the stage now it's do or die virtually every week which is hugely exciting which is why there's about half a million Watford fans going up to London Road today now, Dave we've got, uh, we've got the people this week uh, then Millwall then Blackburn then Leicester then Leeds They're... there's no big clubs there's a couple struggling yeah you'd say that I kind of echo what Mike said that if our first choice 11 are fit and in good form we should beat all of those but they're not because we know that one size is uh, is missing you know I'd argue that Eustace would be crucial at this time of the season and he's missing as well 
And as we talked about last week, you know, David looks quite tired. Um, other players are starting to look tired. But actually, if you look at those fixtures, yeah, I agree. We shouldn't be scared of anyone. Um, I think I read a stat saying that Peterborough and uh, Millwall have got the worst home records in the division and Leeds and Blackburn have got the worst away records in the division. So, you know, we should be beating these teams, but it's crunch time. And, um, I, yeah, I actually agree with Mike. My gut instinct is that we're not going to go up this season. Um, but, you know... It's still been. We still need to think. It's still been a hugely successful season, and uh, yeah, we've, we've got to be hugely impressed by you know what Zola's done and all the stuff we've talked about before about piecing together this team. So it's been a, whatever happens. We've had an amazing season, and it, you know, if we win today, it would be well, the record twelve away wins. We haven't done that since seventy seven, seventy eight, something like yeah. that. So you know, it's been an incredible season. I think it's a bit of a misnomer looking at the teams we've got to play. I think that's a bit of a sort of, uh, that's a bit of a sidetrack saying, oh, you know, they're not very good, they've done this, they've done that. It's like what I said, this team can do it, it's just whether they will do it. You know, by rights, they probably should get promoted, I think, because they've you know, got some fantastic players. That have, but they've all seemed to have peaked at different times. So Vidra obviously had his, um, had his purple patch. And I think he's been getting a bit of unfair criticism because... After scoring 20 goals in about four games, he will be, be he's the danger man for every opponent. So they'll be getting three, four man marked on him. People will be paying such close attention to him. And I think the, the amount of attention Vidra has got has allowed Dini to shine so much in, in the last couple of games. But I said before, that, that reminds me when Danny Graham was getting all the headlines and actually Marvin yeah, got yeah, a lot more space and, and he got a lot more goals than maybe he would have done at that point. Yeah, in his career. Good, good point. But this team can do it. Let's not worry about the others. This team can do it. Will they do it? That's the question. I like there was a massive bit of positive there, Mike, but also right next to it, <laughs> the, the pessimism will they? Jason, we're going to, uh, to Peterborough, uh, to London Road, to, to stand in the terraces. Um, Jason, uh, I was listening to John Marks's uh, Watford weekend preview uh, on the Hornets player. Um, not the best place in the world for us to, uh, historically, is it? Um, there's been some uh, difficult games there in the past. Uh, probably the most memorable is the uh, the one in the in the mid '90s when we were. Uh, in a relegation battle, as were Peterborough, um, which I think was more, there were lots of goals. Four three, yeah. We were one three four three in the end, uh, but not for the faint-hearted that one. I think the game sort of swung backwards and forwards a few times. Very yeah, big uh, reading goal. Yes, <laughs> and if you look at yeah, I think that that sort of sums up. If you look at the lineup then and compare it to today, I mean it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Still playing at the same level, obviously we were. Trying to get away from promotion, uh, away from relegation that day, rather than getting promoted. But um, oh, yeah, that was a that was a tough one. Are you more are you more tense about uh, today's game than you were about that relegation game? Um, I, I probably am, to be honest. Um, I think if the if the championship was a, a person, uh, it would spend a lot of time on a psychiatrist's couch because <laughs> it's so bloody messed up. I, I, the guys in the back there sort of not sure about it I just I just don't know I, I don't know whether we're going to go up or not because you don't know what we're going to do in the next five games and what Hull are going to do it, it, both teams are capable of winning everything and losing everything you know it's just it's just so unpredictable it's amazing uh, and, and that I think yeah the, his wife feels so tense it, it just feels that you know a, a run of defeats could just be round the corner and this could be the first one of them or a great run and we're in the premiership I Last time I was at London Road, Perry Digweed was in goal for Watford, which was, despite the amazing result, amazing atmosphere, um, an amazing memory, it was slightly tarnished by having that bouffanted fool um, <laughs> in, in goal. I think um, 
my brother, we were quite young back then, Andy was uh, he's a couple of years younger than me, and he, it's one of his better phrases, he said, I'm going to ask, uh, after the game, I'm going to ask Perry Digby for his gloves, and then I'm going to go home and do the washing up in them. <laughs> a podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans, from the rookery end. As the season draws to an end, it's time to we it's it's this time of the year when what fans start to decide who is the player of the season. Glenn get, Murray. <laughs> Glenn Murray, no. Um, we're going to pick our uh, our winners who we think. Alan Abdi. No, 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 JC, not allowed to pick it. We're going to do a different game. Okay. I have got eight Watford players written on pieces of paper. No matter who comes out, you must have your thirty seconds. To stand up for that person, say why that person should get player of the season. We have Nathaniel Chaloba, Marco Cassetti, Machis Vidra, Fernando Fessi Forestieri, Mark Yates, <laughs> Manuel Elmunia, Alman Abdi is in there, Jason, and Lloyd Doyley. So, we'll take it in turns. Uh, Mike can go first, and David and Jason, uh, other me than Jason. Uh, you have to pick a, a man out. You have 30 seconds to say why that person should be player of the season. Please be eight, please. Mike has? Marco the Beard Cassetti. <laughs> 30 seconds to say why Marco Cassetti is the Watford player of the season. Go. The man is just absolutely pristine. Not only is a hair never out of place... More importantly, he never puts a foot out of place. He's commanding, he's dominating, he's rugged, he's handsome, he's Italian, he's everything I want in a man. Um, he's, he's just he's, he's playing wing-back, he just looks so confident, he's given the defence confidence, he's started loads of moves going forward, he's just, um, he's just been absolutely exudes class, and I think he's, he sums up the 2012-2013 Watford side perfectly. Very good, Michael. David. Is it? <laughs> David, leave your hands. Mark Yates. Mark Yates. Yay! Yes, yes. So, why David leaving should Mark Yates be the Watford player of the season? Start the clock. I'd like to pick out two moments of pure class from a somewhat underappreciated player. Underappreciated, I'd say by myself um, from this season one is at home to Birmingham very early game Watford was still unproven and uh, Yates picked up the ball in midfield and threaded a beautiful ball through to Vidra and forget all your headlines about the blonde uh, Czech striker scoring lots of goals this season that goal was all about the class of the pass and (laughs) then we go up to Leeds and yes they had nine men and yes they were awful and yes we were stuffing them we get a free kick on the edge of the area and Yatesy Easter smashes it into the top corner runs quite understandably towards the Watford fans cupping an ear towards them because we've been getting on his back those two moments sum up above all others why he should be the player of the season very good okay my go Nathaniel Chaloba. Start the clock. Youth is an amazing thing. And this man is an amazing youth. The level of class for a man of his age, which is 17, 18 years, 17, 18 years old, is astounding. Seeing a head as young as his do the things that his experienced feet can do has added a pure class into our midfield. We have 
sure, um, we have missed him when he hasn't played, and he is a player that not only has excited us, but has helped bring our team under Mr. Gianfranco Zola of passing football. He's brought it together. Okay, Jason, do you draw for you? Yeah, go and draw okay. for me. Okay, say when. Now. Select. Messi. <laughs> Fernando Forestieri. Jason, you're 30 seconds on Fernando Forestieri. Starts now. How long have we as Watford fans waited for someone like Fessy to, to come alongside? Someone who can turn a trick just like that. Just click your fingers and ooh, he's off. He's, he's surrounded by defenders. He can turn this way, turn that way. That low centre of gravity, no one knows where he's gone. And it's just amazing to see someone with that skill, that ability uh, in our side. He may be frustrating at times, but who cares? He can turn it on when he wants. You say, Jace, you say you don't know where he's gone. I know where he's gone. Usually he's been sent off for diving, the cheeky little scamp. (laughs) So, I can't help but notice... Troy Deeney wasn't in that list. What's the big idea? Uh, well, I decided that um, I don't think a man who starts the season in jail um, can win the player of the season. So, Mrs. for Troy, if you're listening. You can win it next year. Don't go to prison in the summer. And this time next year, we might be talking about you and your lovely big face. <laughs> uh, like I say, so Troy isn't in the, isn't in the list. What other players? Yeah, he has contributed uh, a lot of goals. Um, and for, for a man who did start the season in jail, uh, he... He's certainly come well, and he's turned, he's turned over new leaf and he's scoring loads of goals for us, so I'm not going to be too critical of, uh, of Troisy. Okay, so we, we couldn't talk about every single player, uh, uh, there were only eight on the bit of paper that I cut up. Um, but uh, who, who else is missing from the list? I think one of the notable absentees, as far as I'm concerned, is also one of my favourite interviewees, is Joel Extrand. I remember him coming on um, at the game uh, away against Charlton, which was pivotal for so many reasons. Um, and I'm thinking, oh crikey, this is coming on, it's going to be, how's he going to handle this? this is his debut um, into the Lions dead a little bit because we were down to 10 men, blah, 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 back against the wall. But he performed admirably that night and he's just gone from strength to strength to strength. He's just been so cool, calm, collected, decent in defence, comfortable going forward, could, could pick a pass. Um, and he's a nice guy as well. He cruelly got denied the chance to play against Argentina with that injury he picked up, and that would have that would have capped it off uh, off wonderfully. But I think the good thing about this Watford team is in the squad and and the fact that we've got the Pozos in is that our defence has changed a lot. And I think, to be honest, we have suffered as a result, but we've never been without class players at the back there. I talked about Marco Cassetti's player of the season, um, but Extrand I think has been a real revelation. He's, he's just an absolute joy to see him in a Watford show. Just really, really grateful to have him. And, Worth a shout. Anyone miss a few, Dave? Well, Steve Leo Belek, clearly. <laughs> uh, outstanding in so the one game. Let's recap on Dave's, uh, Dave's nominations. We've got uh, Mark Yates <laughs> and Leo Belek. I'd, I'd agree with Extra. I'd also say that um, Fitzhall, when he's played, has been really, really important for us, especially in away games um, where you've needed, you know, in the system we play, you need the ball players like Cassetti and Extra and Doyley. And, but you also need the stoppers, like one size, who are dominant, will play in the centre of the three. Um, and, to, you know, Nyron has played that role when uh, Fitz has been injured as well. But you need that dominant centre-half who will come out and win the ball in the air. And Extra actually did that very well last week against Cardiff. I thought he was outstanding. Um, and he has been very good. And he's clearly a ball player as well as a ball winner. But, yeah, it's a real shame that Fitz hasn't been fit more because... Um, 
he's, he's been outstanding when he's played. I, I wish he'd played more matches. Another player who uh, may have been in contention, but unfortunately due to injuries missed out, is probably Tommy Hoban. Yeah. He's had a great start to his, uh, his Watford career, really. Uh, when he came into the side, um, he slid in, I thought, I thought brilliantly into the uh, into the back three. I mean, we talked about the Cholton game. Um, he claimed a somewhat fortuitous goal that day, but he's he given that, Jason. I, I, I think he did. I don't know. I think he did. He had the ball sure. away from goal, yeah. think, didn't he? But it was a great clearance, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, happy to give it to him. I think the um, great thing about Hoban was that he was a stick that we could beat all our um, all our uh, cri- critics with as well, because he was a playing amazingly, and b obviously he's come through the academy. <coughs> uh, just. Uh, well, obviously allergic to homegrown players now <laughs> but yeah I'll just, well, a great shout to Hoban has been absolutely magnificent but and I think it's worth giving um, Nora Nosworthy a shout while we're talking about defenders as well he's he's continued to be um, like a real a real important player in our defensive unit and looking back to when we signed him I think um, it's a real credit to it was Dice that brought him in wasn't it what a great signing it was because we'd all we remember him that awful awful performance he had for Sheffield United where we laughed him out of Vicarage Road but since then, he's been one of our most um, um, consistent performers. So defensively, just that little conversation we've had there just goes to show how defensively we've, we're quite blessed now. And no one ever forgets Nairn Nosworthy, but it's interesting that once he got, he got injured and we haven't really felt like we've missed him massively, I don't think. And I think that's it just shows how far we've come as a, as a club and a, and a squad. I've noticed no one's given a shout out to Newton at this point. I'll give him a shout out. Go on then. Get lost, you're rubbish. <laughs> From the rookery end. So we're outside Peterborough, very excited about going in, but before we do go in, we're going to speak to a very important man around Watford Football Club. It's Frank Smith from the Watford Observer. Uh, Frank, welcome to From the Rookery End. Thank you. Thank you for lying on my behalf. (laughs) Very very important. Uh, Very few people would probably agree with that, but thank you. Well, you're absolutely right, but we'll carry on on regardless. Um, So we just thought we'd pick your brains about the Watford season so far. We're going to start by looking back briefly. How have things changed at Watford? What would you say the major differences are between last year and this year? Uh, that's quite a difficult one because I think every aspect of the club has changed from the office environment to the co- coaching staff and the backroom staff to the, the playing squad, the playing style. I think every aspect, every facet of the club is, has, has completely changed. Um, some, some for the better, some arguably for the worse. So it's, it's been a massive year of upheaval but then we probably say that about Watford every year don't we so could you give us the biggest change to the better and the biggest change to the worse then uh, oh obviously league position um, and arguably maybe the calibre of some of the players obviously that's a, been a big improvement I think under Malky and Sean obviously I knew them quite well and they had been part of the coaching staff before um, so I did maybe enjoy a closer working relationship with the whole kind of coaching staff than maybe we do now um, in terms of obviously with, with with the new coaching staff and the inta- the Italian kind of assistants you don't really interact with them a whole lot to be honest um, but then hopefully that's something that will hopefully change with time. So from a football perspective on the pitch what have you made of this season in general? Uh, well there's not much to complain about is there? Uh, obviously the, the style of football has been very attractive the, it's produced um, results and obviously you've got a lot of players who have quickly become fans favourites and are, are great to watch and are hugely entertaining so I think it's been a great year and obviously there's been a few maybe dud signings but on the whole most of them have kind of come good haven't they in the end 
you, 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 you're a journalist. It's all about the headlines. It's all about finding the big stories. Yes. In uh, the run of Watford years, how, how are the, 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 for journalists, how have the stories been this year? I've been there near enough five years now, and there's been complete upheaval and chaos the whole time. <laughs> um, even this year, league positions noticeably improved, but you've still had the, the Lawrence Bassini fallout, you've still had the Football League court hearings, you've still had the Russos v Bassini. So whilst things have improved off the pitch, it's still been a pretty chaotic... Do you worry, though? The Potsos, everyone says they're a, they're a great management team, they know how to run a football club. Is it going to be a bit tougher job next year to find some stories if they're a, such a great bunch of people? Not for Frank I, Sniffer Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be different, won't it? I think if you go up, I think it, I think it will completely change things, especially from our point of view. In the sense of, whereas now I would like to think we're the kind of primary place to get your Watford news. Whereas it was only the other day I was talking to one of the the national journalists about it and saying that we'll go from kind of being the only place really to get Watford news, along with obviously the club website and fan sites, to then having four or five national papers who are all going to be wanting the same stories that we are um, and I think the level of the, I think we had a taste of it last summer where we had the kind of um, transfer speculation stories that's going to multiply tenfold when you get to the national papers because you've only got to look at them and every day there's just there's different stories every day about the same players going to different clubs and I think that will probably be a big uh, difficulty. Because you know, like, Vidra's agent's quite a, a vocal fella. That's, that's quite weird. Yeah, see, I think from a Watford point of view, I don't think we're really used to the whole national no. speculation and all of the interest. And I, I think last summer, obviously, I, I took, when I took, kind of took over the Watford kind of role, I, I, I said to myself, I'm not going to do the whole speculation nonsense. I'd rather miss out on one or two stories a year than just reproduce speculation and rubbish. So I think last summer, Watford fans, some of them found it quite hard to understand why we weren't reporting on some of the stories. So quite often we were getting criticised because stories were going up on the Daily Mail side or they were going on a forum and we weren't reproducing them. Um, Nine times out of ten it proved to be the right decision. So hopefully um, the credibility side of things will stay with us moving forward. I've got two questions. First of all, is your beard inspired by Marco Cassetti? <laughs> yes. Correct, well, correct answer. <laughs> and secondly, what's been your personal highlight of the season? Oh, that is a very difficult question, actually. Could, um, it could be yet to come, of course. I'm hoping, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's yet to come. What's, I actually don't know. Favourite game? Favourite game. So I think some of the high... The, the one thing I would say is some of the really high-scoring games that on paper look great actually weren't as impressive as a score I suggest like with Leeds I thought we were pretty average for most of that game and we kind of scored three in the last ten minutes whereas every you look back and think oh 6-1 at Leeds is a great result but on the day it didn't really feel like that they were pony as well yeah they were, they they were, were and we made pretty hard work against yeah. nine men um, oh I actually can't think is there, is there one that's been easy to write about no they've, they've, apart from the last few weeks where we've dipped a little bit and it's been a bit kind of squeaky bum time it's all been pretty enjoyable and I think the, the games that we've lost where we maybe shouldn't have you've kind of had other factors that you can maybe contribute to whether it be road, squad rotation or injuries or whatever else um, so I'm, I'm, I really can't think I'm going to be really annoying and not be able to pick a sing, single game as, as a highlight let's, yeah. hope, let's hope it could be when Jonathan Hogg actually scores a goal for Watford <laughs> I'm hoping today from the terraces that he 
pings one in from 30 yards into the top. The irony now, of that is I think that when I spoke to him when he first came, I'm pretty sure he said to me that he was the, the, the Aston Villa Reserve's top goal scorer. Oh, really? You might want to look back on that because I might be lying to you. But I'm pretty... that, that says more about Aston Villa Reserves <laughs> than uh, Johnny Hogg. <laughs> But I'm, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a fan of Jonathan Hogg, so yeah. I was really pleased when he came on last week and now, impressed. Now we're doing a bit of a play of the season. Uh, what Reserva have been sponsored for for many many years. Um, uh, rather than asking who your play of the season is, we've got uh, four left. Now we picked them out, uh, and we've had to do it. In there is still Aman Abdi and Matic Vidra, which is probably the easiest one. So you have to do. Oh, yes. Lloyd Doyley. So thirty seconds. Why should Lloyd Doyley win the play of the season? Because he is a genuine club legend who is the comeback king. Um, every manager since I've been here has, has come in and dropped him. Uh, obviously, everybody knows his shortcomings, but I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves. If you look at the Premier League, everybody talks about people like Carl Walker being great attacking fullbacks, but how many times do you see fullbacks getting beaten? I think I can count on one hand the amount of times I've seen Lloyd Doyle get beaten. He's probably my favourite player at the club, and he's probably my favourite person. He's an absolute legend, both on and off the pitch. Sterling, well, <laughs> Thank you very much, Frank. No worries, uh, it's for Frank. another big win. We've got head off for an old school terrace. Bring it on. This is British Sombolonga doing the conga on from the rookery end. Half time at uh, London Road. Uh, Watford down 1 uh, nil. Mike, can you put it down to any one individual? Well, it's not my fault if that's what you're <laughs> suggesting. <laughs> Very difficult day at the office so far. I think a couple of uh, decisions haven't gone against us from the uh, from the officials. Peterborough playing uh, a lot of rough and tumble, high tempo, not much space, finding it very difficult. But uh, 45 minutes to go, and we all know it only takes 44 minutes to score a goal. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Matt uh, Rowson from Be Happy. Matt, you 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 bothered at the moment or? Second half to go. Well, second half to go. Obviously, it's, it's a bit frustrating at the moment. We've had all the play and uh, a few clear-cut chances that Peterborough have. Um, but yeah, 45 minutes to go, kicking towards a raucous away, away terrace. Suck that goal in. That's it. Of all That's it. Right. Uh, today we've been uh, discussing the who should be the player of the year. Uh, we had eight players in there to begin with. Uh, there were three left. So uh, without seeing, you get you have 30 seconds to pick pick a player, and you have 30 seconds to tell us why they should be. The player of the year. All still in this this pack is Alman Abdi and Matisse Vidra, which right is might be easy. Go Off you go. Yeah. Matt has. Well, Vidra. Open okay. goal. Start the clock. I mean, Oxford in. Matty Vidra is is obviously the the championship player of the year, as as Ian Holloway would no doubt um, concur. <laughs> um, and therefore, by definition, he has to be our player of the year. Look, we we see Matty Vidra. Um, who has seen him pass the last defender and not thought goal every single time he's been in that position. He's a goal scorer, he's a predator, he's a premiership player and he's ours and he's clearly player of the season. It's true. He, 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 it's it's going to be the... I, I, you know, this is a populist vote, the player of the season that goes on the Watford Observer website, Jason. Is anyone really going to win it above Vidra in the populist vote? Well, for starters, I didn't vote for Vidra as my number one. He was my number two. Okay. I went for uh, Mr. Elman Abdi. Okay, well, Ab- Ab- Abdi, uh, who uh, left on our list was Abdi... And Almunia. And Almunia. So why again, Jason? We'll give you another 30 seconds. Why Alman Abdi? Why Alman Abdi? I, I, I think he's been the most consistent player, the most consistently good player out of our players this season. He looks so calm and composed and comfortable in this midfield. It's like it's almost not being tested at this level. I'd say, it seems to have so much time on the ball. Even games like today where... 
teams have sort of worked out how we play and they're putting the pressure on Early. He still seems to have that, that time in midfield, allowing him to pick that pass. He's very good with the pass. Um, and, of course, we're now going to use free kicks as well, dead ball situations. Mike, who's your real player of the year? I mean, you could argue for and against Troy Deeney, but I think he, the way he's come into uh, the reckoning over the last couple of months, the ways he's shown for, for our football club, I think you can't you know, take aside all the issues off the pitch. He's, he's been uh, the one constant, I think, for the last couple of months, and... He scored a lot of goals as well, um, so I think Troy. You're going to be hard pushed to find anyone apart from from Troy Deeney or Matt and Matt Vidra to win it. David, who's your real not Mark Yates? I'm guessing. No, it's definitely John Allen and Sean. Uh, <laughs> no, I voted for the professor as well, just because I thought when we're playing at our best, he keeps us ticking. His range of passing is extraordinary. He's calm on the ball, and you know that free kick at Charlton um, was probably you know one of the, the my favourite moments of the season. Um, he's just class I think he's great he you know I, I did think about voting for Chaloba because I thought I mean he's been outstanding but also Abdi tends to fade a little bit in the second half of games he's very strong in the first half I've noticed a few times at home he kind of coasts along um, but no he's been outstanding but it's, it's nice to have genuine competition I think we talked about Vidra you know probably win the populist vote because he scores he's got a lot of goals but last season it was so obviously so obviously going to be Mariapo who was player of the season this year it's good that it's a genuine contest and Mark Yates aside any of the eight could could probably have a fair shout of winning would, would, would Vincent be your man Matt? No he wouldn't actually I'd agree with Mike Troy Deeney's my player of the season um, and you consider the way he started from and I disagree with Jason actually I think Troy's the one player that you couldn't you would say you would miss every time he's come out of the team. The team can't cope without him. He's been our most consistently impressive player, and he's developed from a jailbird into a leader in the course of the <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah. So you, you can't argue with that. Troy Deeney for me every time. Okay, well let's see if any of those men can stand up to the plate and bloody get a goal in the second half. Read the musings and ramblings on the podcast blog at fromtherookeryend.com. We leave London Road um, uh, losing three-two. Yeah. Um, that was really annoying. Yeah, that was annoying, wasn't it? We it was kind of from the sublime to the ridiculous. I mean, we just didn't really turn up. Um, most of it, they got a few lucky breaks, and but I think they just wanted it more. And then it was only in the last ten minutes, even with ten men, that we actually showed any urgency. And yeah, a couple of deflections and goals, but can't really say we deserved anything from that, can you? No, not not a win. No, there was no. I, did, I don't think Jace, Jace, We didn't have a, a, a clear spell in that game, did we? That was ours. No, and I thought. Whilst we, we probably had a lot of the ball, they looked incisive going forward and we didn't. We were, it was too slow. It was, it was a bit like we were at the start of the season where um, we, we looked comfortable on the ball but we didn't look like we could create anything or cause teams any problems. And it's looking like that at the moment. You look at Peterborough today, they got Dwight Gale up front who, who's fast and they were using his pace to get them all over the top early to run onto any causes problems. Yeah, they, they certainly had um, a pace then, didn't they? I think that was the sort of just hustling more, weren't they? Well, that was it, yeah, and it, and it sort of comes back to, to them wanting it more. Because you can see it; they, they were going for the. We were sort of trying things; it wasn't coming off, and we were looking to the heavens in frustration rather than getting our heads down and, and trying to win the ball back again. Vidya came on second half. We're still waiting for the uh, the the Vidya that we, we we know and love, and yeah, possibly voting for his player of the season. And he's not there. I hate to say it, but I, I fear we may not see that Vidya ever again. He's, he just looks. He looks tired. I think his season's gone. I, I don't know if we'll get that back. Uh, get that back this season. 
I think I think he's done. Forest Jerry's looking better though, isn't he? So if we've got to we've, we've got to imagine that we're going to be in the playoffs now at the end of the season. Hull yeah. were winning uh, 2-1 towards well, the end there. So if you imagine that difference is now six points, so the auto's gone. Um, if we're in the playoffs, uh, Forest Jerry could well be the key man for us going forward. Well, you never know. There might be. Uh, Maybe beer might be the, the man to save us, who we haven't seen a lot of. No, I have to say, yeah, since we named the, the bear, Daniel Chalabert, it certainly didn't do him any good today, because let's be honest, he was poor today. Just kept losing the ball. They were uh, fair play to people, they put him under pressure, not giving him the space to, to do things. He was still trying them, and they weren't coming off, and he just ended up losing the ball. Lost the ball for the, uh, for the second goal. Uh, not a good day at the office for Nathaniel. Michael? No, I, do I dare? Do you do what? Oh, Get that bloody thing out of my face. <laughs> Go on then. Anything? Just very, very disappointing, really. I think um, um, I think a lot of people will point to refereeing decisions and a lot of people will moan about that, and probably quite rightly so. Like you've been doing the whole match. Yeah, but I think you've also got to give Peter a credit. He worked hard and hassled and harried. I think we saw Chalabar have uh, possibly his worst game in a Watford shirt. Shocker. Um, and I think, you know, everyone has days at the office that, that, aren't, that aren't ideal, but I think Peterborough contributed massively to that. Um, they worked very hard, closed, closed us down, didn't have any of the space that... Um, that we need to prove when, to, to be when we've been so successful, we've had a bit of space. They didn't let us allow us that. So credit to those guys that you know they're scrapping for their life at the wrong end of the table. That's nine unbeaten for them. Um, but from a Watford point of view, if you're going to get promoted, you need to win games like that. And we at no stage look like getting even a point, let alone a win. So very, very disappointed. It's hard to take any positives at the moment. Obviously, it's only five minutes after the final whistle, so uh, difficult. But. Uh, you know, strange things happen in football. It's not 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 over till it's over, but it's going to be going to be very difficult from now on to uh, to avoid the playoffs. So it does look like we're going to have uh, what is now, well, if we're going to go up, Jakes, uh, at least another seven games uh, this season. Next week, uh, in this week, we've got we've got Millwall away, uh, and in the week, and then we've got magical Blackburn at home. Yeah, two, two sides. wins, two wins. Yeah, well. If they play like they did today, they won't be. Um, something needs to improve, to be honest. But uh, they are winnable games. They, I mean, Millwall, hopefully, will either have one eye on FA Cup final or will be feeling sorry for themselves after, yes. a, after a semi-final defeat. So they're, uh, hopefully we can uh, get, a, get a win there. Um, Blackburn, they're funny. Also, they're, they are a bit of a laughing stock at the moment. Again, they're a, they're a beatable team, but then so will Peterborough today. And, uh, who knows? It's no good saying, yeah, these are the games we should be winning. You've got to actually turn up and win, and at the moment we're not. We aren't that. Uh, so we'll be back next week. Uh, thank you for listening. If you've got all the way to the end. Uh, Marco to... Cassetti won't be back next week. No, Marco Cassetti won't be back next week. Apparently a professional foul that sent him off in that game. Can we appeal that, do you think? I, if, uh, I wanted well, to. I, I heard they were saying on the radio that it did look like a professional foul. Um, I'm not so sure. It looked to me that Gale leaned into Cassetti and then threw himself to the floor. It didn't look like a foul to me, but... I'm sure they'll have a look at it, and if they think it's appealable, they'll appeal against it. There were several things that happened at the other end of the ground uh, from us, so uh, it will be interesting to, to see it with a bit of clarity with a closer camera, but uh, maybe it won't be better for looking at it. Uh, thank you again for listening, and uh, we should catch you again in a buoyant mood next week. Yeah. Come on, you all! <laughs>